Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Welcome to the show. Today we have Robert Kohler. He's a restaurant owner, partner at Kohler Law, an entrepreneur, and investor. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Um, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, no problem. I'm glad to glad to have you on the show. It's uh, nice to record people that you know I've actually got to meet in person. We uh, spent some time at your restaurant in San Francisco. Yeah, that was that was kind of great. I mean, yeah, that was good. We had the appetizers and a couple of beers, and it was it was good meeting you as well. So um, really enjoyed it. So it's yeah, awesome. So let's uh, maybe start off kind of um, just. A little bit of your background, you know, you know, where you grew up and, you know, if you're from San Francisco originally or, or whatnot. No, you know, and I'm actually, um, I'm from Detroit, but uh, but most of my formative years were in Salt Lake City, Utah, but I just don't like to say that because it's not really as cool as going, yeah, I'm from Detroit, you know. <laughs> so I usually say I'm from Detroit. Sure, but, sure. Uh, but, really, I, I, but really, I grew up in Salt Lake and... Um, I went to uh, elementary school and um, junior high and went to University of Utah in Salt, in Salt Lake City. Um, so that's where I'm from. But, yeah, again, I, you, know, you get more street cred from saying you're from Detroit. For though. sure. So for that's sure. where, yeah. yeah. So, so then how did you make your anyway. way out to California? You know, so, um, you know, I was in, you know, in Salt Lake, graduated from um, University of Utah. Um, and we like, okay, what do I do next? So I do get an MBA or a JD or go to medical school. Okay. Okay. Medical school is probably out because too long for me. Um, and so the JD made sense and, um, just that, that's, that's how I came out. And, um, I literally applied for, um, law school like last minute. Didn't really plan on it. Didn't really have any idea that that was what I was going to do. Um, but did that and went to McGeorge in Sacramento. And I mean, it's it's been a really. I mean, the path that I went there has been great because I, as an entrepreneur, having a uh, legal background is is, is work is really good. So um, so that's yeah, that's why I came out and uh, literally just packed up. Uh, Chevy, um, what was it? Just some crappy old car, and I drove over, drove over from Tahoe and parked in front of the George, and uh, because I yeah, just got there. So anyway, that's how I ended up in uh, California, um, and from there, so I graduated, um, and then I got an internship. Um, at a big Century City law firm. Um, uh, first, after the first year of law school and the second law school, I was offered a job there. Um, and so I lived in LA for a while. Um, okay. And yeah, in West LA, and um, and then worked there for a while. And then like, you know what? I'm not from kind of stuff um, and so then I get a job at a software company um, as in-house counsel and uh, in LA as well sure um, and yeah and the owner um, uh, it was Les Crane 
who actually was, I guess, in the 50s, he did Desiderata. He spoke that. He was kind of spoken a word kind of thing, which was really popular. Really, he's a really, he's a really cool guy. Um, but he wanted to live in Tiburon. So he moved the whole company from L.A. to to Marin County. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I mean, <laughs> LA is LA. I mean, I'm not an LA hater, but I, well, but I thought, you know, I, but I do like the Bay Area more. And I'm like, okay, cool, that sounds awesome. So he moved the whole company, the software tool works, up to um, Marin County. And um, yeah, and then from there, I lived in Mill Valley for a while. Mill Valley is in Marin County, just north of Sausalito. Okay. And um, and then uh, I, I built a, I bought a uh, warehouse, um, what was a warehouse in San Francisco, um, in the Mission District, um, which is now be, it's blown up. It's like the most popular area ever. Um, and uh, I scraped it, so tore it down, and built a house there. Oh wow! And uh, here I am. So yeah. So, so you never really planned on being in the Bay Area. You just kind of happened to get tra- like get the whole company moved, right? Yeah, it was just you know what, well, it's kind of one thing leads to another. Sure. Um, no, I had I had no no I did not plan on it. It was just uh, you know I mean in, in some ways it was just fortuity. So sure. Um, yeah. So. Um, and once I yeah, once I got here, I'm like, oh my god, this is uh, this is my new home. I mean, there are just brilliant people, sure. um, creative people, and freaks. I love it. So, yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome. It, it San Francisco yeah. definitely has a very cool vibe. I've been there a few times now, and yeah, I, yeah, I would love. I like. I'll be back for sure multiple times throughout my lifetime. It's it's fun, and there's always something to do, something to see. And you're right, like the vibe's yeah. pretty cool. And what I like about California is you can go to different places, even like 30 minutes from each other, and it's a totally different vibe, totally different scene. You know, I, that's always kind of fascinating to me about California. And the scenes are different, right, between like Northern and Southern California. So, yeah, it's always interesting and it's fun. Yeah, it is. And so, and so you know, since um, I you know, basically, as I said, my formula years were in Salt Lake City, you know, the reason we moved there is my dad was a big skier. He was a ski patrol for Park City. So, oh, okay. I, mean, I, I, I grew up skiing and racing. Um, and the fact that I'm three hours away from, or three and a half hours away from uh, Tahoe and Squaw Valley, which is my favorite, because um, it's, it's like the shoots and it's, you know, pretty hardcore. Um, and, um, it's it's fantastic. So you know, I can be in Silicon Valley um, one day. I can be in San Francisco the next, and then I can just jump in the car and jam to Tahoe, and um, and just you know, just some really you know gnarly stuff. I mean, if it snows again, it hasn't snowed for a while. So. Sure, sure. But well, if, if it, but if it ever, if it ever does, then, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the fact. That's the running joke in California. You can uh, ski and uh, go surfing in the same day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and windsurf and whatever. Yeah, exactly. And all the right. And then go to, yeah, go cross the other side of the lake and go gamble in Reno. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's hilarious. Basically, 
yeah. It's yeah, a big exactly. playground, right? It, it's totally a big playground, yeah, it is. But it's also, I mean, the, you know, the people, the personalities, um, and, you know, are really, yeah, there's a lot of driven, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, just, there's so much that, um, what I, you know, what I really appreciated first and foremost was, the uh, uh like the drive and the intuition and uh, the intuition and um and just the intelligence and also with the you know a little bit of kind of weirdness added too i mean in terms of just I'm like yeah we're gonna we're gonna do something disruptive sure um so yeah it's been that's that's like the most appealing thing so i mean i've yeah, I work with um, I I work with companies in I mean all over the place and um, and and there's and what I just described that exists everywhere, um, but just surrounding yourself with that is I think it's a huge motivating factor to to really sort of create and um, you know offer offer a service or a product that is. You know, it's a little bit different, and um, so yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I love the Bay Area for that reason. So I'm curious. Then you were you were working for all these law firms and whatnot. When did you actually start uh, Kohler Law? Um, well, like 15 years ago. So, okay. Um, yeah. So um, after I left um, Software Toolworks, um, so first of all, I lasted at the um, the big firm I worked for for a year because I was just told that that's what you're supposed to do last for a year. So it doesn't look like you jump around. Sure. Then, um, I got a job for as in-house counsel for software tool works, um, which became Mindscape. Um, and I still uh, sort of, uh, kind of renegade. Um, I was like, okay, but I want to, I kind of want to work myself. So, just um, out of a uh, basically out of my apartment, started Color Law Group, um, and just started getting some high tech companies, and that just you know it um, went well. So, so, d- so did you um, reach out to like past connections that you've had, or kind of how did how did I you did. kind of get your first few clients for that? It was cold calling. Really, literally just cold. Yeah, cold calling, and just under. I mean, just going. At such low uh, hourly fee, it was ridiculous. But at the same time, I got you know I got some great clients. Um, sure. And from there, just sort of leveraged off that, and you know now um, you know now Law Group has um, you know it ranges from uh, two person startups to uh, Marketo, Splunk, Facebook. So, oh wow, some big um, names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? Normally, we're with the so you know those three, uh, Marketo, Splunk, and Facebook. They were clients pre-IPO, um, and uh, we still do overflow work for them. But really, when we did a lot of work for them, that was when you know they were they were uh, still public. Sure. Uh, and so we're you know we were you know quasi in-house counsel. Okay. Uh, so our model is yeah our model is. Um, so all my attorneys have at least 15 to 20 years experience. They've been general counsel previously. Um, we're a virtual firm. They want to work from home. They want to be there when their kids go home from school. Sure. Um, but they'll still be there until they'll be up and work on a contract until two in the morning. 
three in the morning. Right. Uh, quarter around. So it's a really efficient model. And so primarily what we do is we work with funded companies. Um, they typically use a big firm like a Wilson or Cooley or Oric. Um, and for financing and M&A, which is great. We're not trying to displace them. But when it comes to day-to-day, they, I mean, if they just save, if they save 50% and they're using the same attorney that knows their business model, that knows their appetite for risk, that knows, uh, you know, their contracts, everything, and it's a fraction of the cost. So it's a really, it's a really efficient model. So it works great for my attorneys, and that's why I get great attorneys, because they're like, oh my God, I get to... I don't have to drive 60 minutes sure. to, uh, you know, you know, to a firm or a company and I have great clients, um, and I get paid well and the, the clients love it because they're like, Oh wow, this is less than an associate sure. um, at, at, in a firm. So it's a really, it's a really, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome, and and that's that's a really interesting model. I love the idea of just not having to go to an office every. I get outside of the valley; it's probably most lawyers have to go into an office today, and like you said, commute maybe an hour each way, you know, and that can be yeah. time-consuming when you have a family and you want to spend time with them. No, I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur, like you mentioned. You guys do a lot of stuff with with startups, from investing and and that kind of thing, or how does that kind of work? Well, as a law firm, no, I mean, I'm, I'm personally an angel investor as well. And I also advise, a, I advise uh, um, companies as well. So I personally angel invest. Um, but, and, but really the profile of our of COLA law clients, because it's before they have uh, general counsel in-house. Right. Um, and if they have in-house general counsel, we still work with them, and it's overflow work. But really where we add value is where we're uh, quasi-in-house counsel. So, okay. So do um, you invest in any of the firms that you guys do legal work for? Um, you know what? I, I don't because I don't want to have any sort of con- – I don't want to have any conflicts of interest like that or even questionable um, – with that. So I just, um, I take equity in companies where I advise them and it's not advising them, um, as legal counsel, it's advising them the business side because of, um, the, uh, my experience on, um, you know, working with internet companies and, and technology companies ranging from game developments, uh, to, um, C to C to B to C. Sure. So I, you know, I've been around. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been around. I know my way around that. So when you you say you advise companies, what do you look for when you're somebody comes to you and says, you know, I have this company, I have this, or this idea? Well, you would be an advisor. What makes you kind of say yes, and what makes you kind of say no? Not really interested. You know what? It's quite honestly, it's just personality. Really. Um, and also, it's sort of like. A, yeah, just, you know, my uh, sort of gut feeling on do I think that's a good thing. So there's no, there's, I don't go through a checklist. Um, um, so, like, I'm advising uh, an encryption company right now. Okay. And that's never been, I've never really been in that space before. But um, I've known I've known a guy, the founder. Um, he's, uh, you know, worked with NSA uh, previously. Um, it's super, like, super geeky, brilliant guy. 
And um, so I'm like, yeah, well, and I, you know, see the product, and I, wow, I see how this, the application works. I mean, it, you know, you can encrypt everything on Facebook, Gmail, uh, Yahoo Mail, blah, 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 anything, Salesforce, etc. So anything web-based, you could just encrypt it. I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, so uh, I've known the guy for 15 years. Oh, wow. Trust, you know. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll definitely, you know, just do like a little equity deal um, that just best. And um, cause this, yeah, this is really interesting to me, too. So, um, so, so you invest some time and some money as well? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mainly it's, it's time and it's also just, uh, you know, I got, um, you know, a huge number of contacts because I've been, you know, in the technology world because I've been doing it for so long. So, sure. you know, I can reach out to, uh, reach out to people and try to, um, you know, create some, you know, um, I mean, basically just do biz devs as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've worked with, oh my gosh, I mean, yeah, there's been too many companies to, uh, but yeah, I, I know, I know people everywhere. So, um, so it's just good because I, I can get into, um, get into companies. So, you know, or, you know, reach out to, um, decision makers within companies very, very quickly because I, I know. Sure. No, that's awesome. That. It's super important yeah. to have those connections. That's yeah. why people that are looking to get it, an advisor, and that's partly why they get it, right? Is so they can almost use your connection. That's awesome. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's not so much advising as much as like, okay, get me into uh, get me into Disney, get me into you know, get me into blah blah blah, or you know whomever, you know, Paul Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really don't need an advisor. I just need I need a good connection. Okay, so make an intro, chop huh? chop, and okay, we can do that. No, so, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. I'm curious. You've done your own startups in the past, uh, like Castfire. You sold. Do yep. You maybe want to tell the listeners a little bit about how you came up with the idea for it, what it is, and kind of how you ended up selling it. Yeah. So, um, so, so Castfire, we started off actually as a podcast. Uh, really? Platform. Uh, yeah. That was it. It was just, uh, just an audio podcast company and, um, sort of looked around and, saw you know, other, other companies that were doing, you know, platform, platform companies and said, well, you know, we're going to add video to it as well. So, um, it was I mean, it was it was a bootstrap company who turned down VC funding, um, and uh, why was that? Just out of curiosity. You know, because the terms were, you know, what in hindsight I think should have probably taken VC money, but it was just the valuations were just too low, and um, the, the equity they were looking for was just seemed. For for me and my other co-founders, it was like, hey, that's just a little bit, real heavy-handed. Sure. We're gonna go ahead and just and just keep going what we're doing. Um, you know, at that point, we had you know clients like AOL and um, Disney, ESPN, CBS, and so on. Like we're doing, you know, great, but would have accelerated growth. So, in hindsight, I think it should 
should have like taken money because it was sort of it was a, it was kind of a struggle. I mean, we got out and it was you know exited it. It was that's fine. Um, it wasn't retirement win, um, but it was it was fun. Um, but you know you know um, I think that having you know had more money and rather than just saying like you know what we're worth more than that. Um, and we're going to go ahead and just build this organically, um, or unless we get a bigger offer or some acquisition, would have been, I don't know, I, I mean, I think that would have been a, a better way to go. But, I mean, it still worked out. It sure. worked out, and, you know, I founded it, we ran it, we had marquee clients, um, and exited positively, so it's great. But... Could have been great. How many years did you run it before you guys got acquired, and how many employees did you have when when you did end up selling? So we had about seven. Um, well, we had seven employees, approximately, um, including some contractors. Um, we actually we used we used a lot of um, we offshored quite a bit. Oh really? Um, yeah, and which was really efficient. I mean, it's. It's kind of it's a little difficult because you have to like be so detailed with the uh, with the engineers about exactly what you're looking for, etc. Um, and graphics and not using like UIS UX that's not what you want to do with them. So that's sure. going to be US um, or North American. Um, but uh, I mean, we have you know really we had some really really smart smart um, Chinese um, Russian and developers that were I mean they were totally long term great um, so that's yeah that was kind of the motto was, I mean, we were sort of leaning them in and, um, and the platform was great and it was solid and again we had you know our clients you know we had the big clients were totally we didn't, it was solid. It never crashed. And um, so we were working with Edgecast, which was um, um, our, um, um, Edgecast was actually serving all our video when we were doing a ton of um, terabytes and terabytes. And um, they were great. And um, so it was good. I mean, so we had some great um, you know, some great partners as well so yeah so that was it and uh, to exit it was um, sort of you know, I think the the three founders myself uh, Brian and Christoph were sort of like okay we're gonna work really hard at this um, and let's you know let's find a, an acquisition and we did so but it was good um, but it was uh, it wasn't an easy road. I mean, it took a lot. It was a lot of a lot of work. So, as every startup is. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I'm curious. So, then, did you were you doing the law stuff as well, or was this kind of before? I was. So how I did was, you balance was, both? Was, well, okay. So the reason, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know what? So I actually. Um, you know, the three companies that I founded and sold um, in the interim from starting for a lot to now, um, I was 
that was my focus because I'm sort of like an internet entrepreneur. I like the sparkly internet stuff. So that's what I practice <laughs> to. Um, and Cola Lava has just managed to continue to go. So after selling Catfire, I'm like, you know what? I probably should pay more attention to this because I haven't, but it's done so well and it continues to thrive. So, you know, it's the, you know, the model works. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I hire really good attorneys, um, and I'm still involved, but, um, I was mainly focused on, you know, raising venture capital, running the company and, you know, trying to find an exit or selling it, et cetera. So, but Coralogia just, it kind of runs itself. So, okay. No, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a, I have a great, uh, my accounting manager, Kathy, who I've worked with for, I don't know, 15 years. And she's sort of, she's almost like the office manager, but, um, I mean, so she, you know, kind of runs everything. So, um, yeah, I do, I do biz dev <clears throat> and I do sort of client development, but, uh, Kathy is, uh, she's there for the day-to-day stuff and, you know, uh, you know, reaching out to um, slow-paying clients and um, paying attorneys and blah blah blah, everything else that that's required. So, sure. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And then I'm I'm curious. You founded another company, uh, Global Bridges. Do you want to maybe cover that a little bit and talk about kind of what that was yeah, all about? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Global Bridges was actually um, so it was really early um, web-based email company. So, like, right when there was Rocket Mail and Hotmail. Right, right, I remember that. So, yeah, exactly. That was way, way, way old school, yeah. Um, but it was, um, so So I acquired, uh, so I was actually working with a couple of engineers um, based in Santa Cruz and saw their technology, and I'm like, oh, you know what, it's... Uh, Kind of do something together. We so we created a partnership um, and created a uh, white label um, uh, web-based email platform that we've been licensed to um, various companies. So you know, it's just they get some more traction with their with their customers. They come back, etc. So it was it was great. I mean, yeah, back then there was really Rocket Mail and Hotmail. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then Bridges, which is, it was called Sitemail. Um, oh, okay. And then sold it, with, yeah, and then sold it to a company called Zoom. And um, so sold it to Zoom um, just before they went public. Um, so I worked with the uh, the founders of Zoom, Chris Kitsi and Laurent Malsa. Um, and um, so we took the company public. Um, and, and they wanted to have that part of their basically op- their offering as well. So yeah, did that, um, and uh, you know worked with them through the IPO, through their secondary, and um, I'm still really, I'm still good friends with everyone um, there. So that's yeah, that's how it came about. And actually, yeah, so Global Bridges was was. Super early, um, yeah, web-based email platform. That's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I, I love hearing about 
companies or products that you know I used early on in kind of the internet days? Well, Global Bridges actually started out too as uh, Dream Fabrication, which was well, did that with a, a video game development company. So, really? Um, yeah. So, but I but I transformed it into once I saw this technology, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Doing this whole game stuff and flying down to LA every other week to meet with studios and to meet with people and try to pitch them on, you know, um, treatments, etc. This is, a little, this is probably not. I think I'm gonna do better, better if I just um, do a deal on this uh, this web-based email. So sort sure. of switched over. That's but, yeah, hilarious. That happens, you know. So did you yeah. put out any games no. under the company, or you just didn't get that far? Well, we did. Yeah, we well we did. We did treatments for um, Hasbro. Oh wow. And for Warner and for Warner Brothers and things like that, but. We weren't really a um, the developers. It was I just had really even some creative people that worked for me, right? Um, and, and they just wrote the treatments. And you know, I think games, big part of games is not just having just a, you know shoot them up kind of thing, but you have to have like there's there's got to be a story behind it too. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of what we did. Um, so yeah, so we yeah we sold some of the Wonder Brothers and Hasbro and you know, a number of others. So, um, but it just yeah, it just wasn't. Um, I, yeah, I saw I didn't see the potential um, um, that it was gonna blow up like that. So I'm like I'm gonna bounce and head over to this other technology. So um, yeah, so that's what I did and. Um, yeah, and then I also had a company, um, Mr. Swap. What was it called, um, sorry? It's called Mr. Swap. Okay. MrSwap.com. Yeah, and so we raised um, you know, a piece of my adventure. Um, basically, it, it was you know, it was a C2C uh, platform so that people could say, all right, you know, I've watched this DVD so many times or I've played this game so many times. How do I, you know, I want to get money for it. I want to get value for it. So it was a very much, it was just a, a point-based system where someone could get, you know, you would you would ship it to somebody else and then you would have these points and you could acquire a different different uh, new, uh, game or DVD um, so that was good, but that was right around the, the crash time. So we sold that to um, to GameSpot, which was acquired by CNET. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, so and, yeah, so but it, it was a great model. And uh, what we did is we, we would uh, basically facilitate the uh, the shipping. So someone would um, we would send you the mailer um, with the mailer to the the recipient. Um, so it was easy to do, done, and it was very inexpensive. So, and then you get you get points, so you could go ahead and you know buy the next game. Um, so that, that was okay. So, but then how did you guys make money from that? Um, off the shipping. Oh, okay, the okay, shipping. that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we never really did make money. I mean, that was. I mean, it, it, this was you know this was a startup. So, right, right. Um, but but still, but the, I think the margins were like thirty percent. Um, this was this was a while ago, so I think the margins were thirty percent. We were using um, Finger Hut right. as the um, yeah to actually do the 
do the shipping for the, the, you know, the packaging, et cetera. So, um, but we never really got to scale where we would make money. So, um, but well, it was what it was. And, yeah. Live and learn, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly. So, yeah, I know some, you know, I've got, you know, some of my startups that we were good, some were bad and some were ugly. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes. So, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that's kind of that. And, uh, yeah. It's interesting to hear honest stories of the good and bad. It's not all overnight success. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, I, I you know, I put in so much time and, and uh, you know, I put in so much time and, you know, meeting so many people and going out to so many meetups and, and just, you know, spending so much time with engineers and with uh, graphic designers and that and, you know, some yeah, all over, kind of all over the map. So, um, so yeah. So right now, I'm I'm sort of like just um, you know putting my chips around, and so you know I've got you know a new mobile uh, app that I'm working on, and um, I have a couple you know uh, <laughs> the restaurants and the hotel. And whoa, whoa, whoa. So, well, uh, well, okay. Let's back up a little bit. I, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know kind of about the restaurant and the hotel. So do you want to start maybe restaurant first and then we can kind of go through these things? So how did you get into the restaurant business? Well, you know, I so so part of my social network, I mean, I a big social network. Um, and they were, you know, I got four friends and they're all from the hospitality industry. Okay. And they're all just whining about how much they hated working where they were working and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not really interested in being a restaurateur, but why don't we just look around and see if we can find a property? And, you know, what if it works and you guys quit your shitty jobs or <laughs> have a job, you know, so then, so then we could do this. Um, and found in uh, sort of an undervalued property in Kings Valley. San Francisco. Okay. Um, and I'm like, wow, this is a pretty good deal. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's do something with it. And uh, so just raise a little money. And then I put in money, and um, all the other guys put in a little bit of money. Right. Um, um, and so I'm an offer non-operating partner. Um, and so I love it. It's like, wow, it must be hard to own a restaurant. Well, it's not really for me because I just go in there for appetizers and cocktails. <laughs> so it's great. That's actually yeah. where we met up. Wonderful. We had lunch at Sauce. It was I know, really good. Exactly. It was awesome. Exactly. exactly. That's great. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. So the first Sauce was in, is in Hayes Valley. Um, so got that, and you know, at that point, it was like you know, just totally, you know, I mean, we're just starting, just got this. This was the first restaurant, so we have probably had twenty or thirty friends come in, for, you know, two or three weeks, and just like just totally rehab it. I mean, paint it, um, fix it up, and help us with it. It was great, um, and so it, it went, yeah, it, it did really, really well. Um, and it's doing really well. And then um, the building went for sale, and uh, we so we bought it. And um, upstairs there was it was just like when I say a hotel, it's just an eight-person boutique, um, uh, little urban, 
I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So we turned that around because it was it used to be sort of a bed and breakfasty kind of thing. Okay. Um, but we were, we were able to you know buy the building, so it's great. So we own the building in Hayes Valley, um, and then afterwards, in the place that you and I met was in Belden Place, which is the financial district. Did that um, in the interim? Actually, we bought a nightclub, um, but all my partners who actually do the work. They all kind of got married and had babies in the interim. And they're like, you know what? Staying up till four in the morning now and closing down is not cool. So Fair we enough. sold that, but it was, but it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a good investment. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. It was just sort of going like, hey, you guys, um, I think you know what? Let's, rather than bitching so much, let's look around for something, um, you know, that's actually you're gonna make you feel good and sort of ownership about it. So that's how it started. No, that's awesome. That's really cool. I I love stories like that, especially when you get your like friends involved and stuff like that and you partner with people that are just kind of tired of doing their own th- or working for other people and, you know, want to start their own thing. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, yeah. And it's been, it's been really good. I think every, you know, everyone's uh, really happy about it too. So. Sure. Yeah, it's great. So sauce, yeah, sauce is uh, sauce is doing really well. And uh, you were one the one in the financial district, the, uh, the Hayes Valley is right by the Opera the Symphony and the ballet, and so it's. Yeah, I mean, people love it. So. I'll post I'll um, post links to the the site and your law site and a few other things in the show notes, so people can go to the website at uh, buildingthefutureshow.com and. Uh, you can click on the links to go to these places just so you don't have to remember them right now, but yeah, I'll okay, post cool. them. Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned you're working on a, uh, app right now. Uh, do you want to talk more about that or is it kind of, you know, coming in the future, that kind of thing? Well, it's, yeah, you know, it's not even a minimal viable product yet. <clears throat> it's sort of a, uh, proof of concept, but essentially, um, and I don't want to share too many details. Sure. Still, um, it's um, it's in the rental uh, space. So I started. Um, so I have an in-law unit in my home. Okay. And so I started. I started. You know, renting out and Airbnb, home away, VRBOs, like that. And it's great. I mean, oh my god, I'm killing it. Really? <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I'm making. Yeah. It's it's insane. But at the same time, I'm traveling all the time, and I'm you know. I'm, I got so many ventures going um, to keep track of everything and keep tracking. And I use um, a thing called Resort Lock, where I have to send out um, a passcode to to the guests to come in, uh, check in at noon, um, you know, almost on Monday, check out at 3 p.m. on Friday, and then have my housekeepers come in at 4 p.m. on Friday to clean up for the next person. And my occupancy would. 90 percent oh wow holy yeah oh yeah no it's it's insane it's kind of free money (laughs) but it's a pain i like so i'm like okay so i want to sort of make that more um sort of automated um and there are services like gatsby and pillow but they don't really have another they they're not what you need to use that yeah exactly i want something simple i just want it no-brainer, simple, dumb it down, and I want you to just basically, as long as I accept this person, if I look at their reviews and they have good reviews, 
boom, and then everything else is done. That's it. So right. it's, I mean, it's really, it's a very, very simple sort of application. And I'm really just building it for myself, to be honest. Sure. I'm lazy and I'm traveling a lot. So <laughs> it's like I want to do this myself. And if I can somehow, if I can somehow, you know, monetize this, great. If I can't, I spent, you know, $2,500. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. So, yeah. So are you building it Android, iOS, or just iOS? Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be sort of, it'll be like be built the web and then just wrapped in iOS. Oh, and I Android. got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. we're, we're coming to the end of the show, but I'm, I'm curious to know if you have any advice, kind of do's and don'ts for, for people out there, either if you're an aspiring lawyer or you are a lawyer, investor, founder, you know, you've done so many different things. Do you have any good advice for people out there? Um, hmm. let's see, not really, actually, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of things, it's just very intuitive, um, and I, it's really difficult to define, and, and but I, um, you know, I've, um, my successes have come from sort of just, like, this gut feeling, so I, that's, that's really bad, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything to anyone. But that's where um, we come from. Um, like I'm not like you know I'm not into uh, scrub a spreadsheet and um, I, I'm just sort of like God, you know. No. Um, like I'm work, I'm working with a guy right now who's got this consignment uh, automobile and vehicle thing, and he, he's a total cool guy. I mean, he's like he's in chemotherapy. He's like seventy. Oh wow, Florida. But he's super, yeah, we've had so many good discussions. It just, he just seems like a cool guy. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that the follow your gut thing is really good advice, actually. Well, for me, at least, pretty much every career decision I've ever made, either whether it was taking something or going for something or turning something down, it was always been following my gut. Even with the show, I was like, well, yeah, let's go for it. I think that's that actually is really good advice. You know, in in some cases, if it seems too good to be true, or you have a weird feeling about it, don't go for it. But if it feels right, yeah. then go for it and try it. And it doesn't yeah. really matter if you yeah. fail. Just pick yourself up, back up, and try again. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. So, yep. no, that's really that's yeah. great advice. I guess if people want to check you out, you can go to uh, Kohler-Law.com. Sauce F or SF.com. Uh, you're on Twitter at Kohler Law, and your personal Twitter is Robert RK. And I'll post these online at the website, and, and you can check uh, Robert out there. But uh, thanks for being on the show. This has been, been awesome, and uh, really looking forward to keeping in touch with you. And, you know, if I'm ever in San Francisco again, we should uh, hook up again for lunch. Absolutely. Well, next time it will be appetizers and um, cocktails. Okay. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. But yeah, so next time you're you're, you're down here, um, and uh, perhaps I'll visit you and ask for uh, reciprocation. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You could go hit the mountains. I'm about three three hours away from one, and. Uh, five hours from another and you can go uh, sn snowboard or ski in the mountains. It's, it's pretty incredible. And the that Rockies. sounds awesome. 
Yeah, that sounds great. All right, cool. Cool. All right, <laughs> that sounds great. All right, Kevin. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. So that's been great. Thanks again. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.